Shout with a voice of triumph. Go ahead and shake the foundations with praise. You say, Brother Ryan, I woke up with pain in my body. Go ahead and praise God at midnight. Go ahead and let the shackles be loosed. You don't know what I'm going through. Go ahead and praise God at midnight and let everything be loosed that is holding you back. Come on, this is your chance. This is your chance. Brother Ryan, I, I, I've got things you don't know about. That's all right. Praise Him in the midst of it all. And a Holy Ghost earthquake is going to change your circumstance. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. I want to echo along with Brother McGee during this month of pastor appreciation. Uh, I do appreciate my pastor all year long. But I want to make special mention of how much I appreciate his godly leadership in my life. He happens to be my father, so I've enjoyed his leadership my entire life. I didn't always appreciate it like I do now, but I do appreciate it now from the bottom of my heart. And I thank God that I have a father and a pastor like Dr. Talmadge French and uh, truly don't ever really have the adequate words to say how much I respect him and appreciate him and, uh, but I truly do from the bottom of my heart and I know that you do as well I also want to just say that uh, I'm a little partial but I think we have the most beautiful piano player in all of Pentecost here this morning. My fiance, Sister Taylor Banks. And uh, I'm so glad that she's now living in Georgia. Praise God. And uh, we'll be hearing more about it, but the wedding will be uh, January 25th right here at Apostolic Tabernacle. It might as well be three years from now, but uh, it'll come quickly, I'm sure. The Lord and pastor says the Lord's going to come, so we may not make it to there. But uh, if he tarries, there'll be a wedding here January 25th. Amen. Appreciate everyone who's uh, made her feel so welcome. And for those who helped us uh, move some of her things here to Georgia, uh, they worked very, very hard. If I start calling names, I'll, I'll be in trouble. But to all these great men that carried couches upstairs and things like that, I love you and I appreciate you. James chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, James chapter 2 and verse number 18. James chapter 2 and verse number 18. Uh, you know, we're coming into the Halloween uh, season, and uh, I don't celebrate Halloween, and uh, I hope that you don't either. Um, but you can always tell when it's happening. Uh, because the stores change stores change even restaurants walked into a restaurant yesterday and uh, they had scary paraphernalia all over the restaurant makes it a little hard to eat sometimes and so you know that the season is is uh, trending towards Halloween and it's no coincidence that Halloween is so close to Christmas uh, the devil always has his substitute for anything that's good. Uh, 
and anything that's clean. And so I'd like to flip the script on the spirit of Halloween this morning. And we'll begin in James chapter 2 and verse 18. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith. Everyone said faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So James is taking on, and this is another sermon for another day, the idea that you can have faith, but your faith is not manifested in your outward lifestyle. Amen? It will be manifested in your behavior. Verse 19, and he's driving his point home. James says, thou believest that there is one God. The church said, amen. How many believe in the oneness of God today? Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning ghost stories that make demons tremble. Ghost stories that make demons tremble. Would you put your Bibles down and lift up your hands and why don't you go ahead and call on that name right now. If you know the name, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We need your touch here today. We need your spirit here today. I press against the spirit of fear. I press against the spirit of complacency. I press against the spirit that would push us into avenues that are ungodly. And I pray, Lord, that we would take dominion and that we would take authority as your children today. Let it be in our hearts. We give you praise. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you for standing and worshiping. God bless you. You may be seated. I think that this, uh, this scripture tells us something that's fascinating that I just want to touch on and remind you that there is no such thing as a Trinitarian demon. Even the demons understand that there is one God. And even the demons understand what his name is. His name is Jesus. And they know and they believe and they tremble at the mention of his name. In fact, they, they tremble at even the thought of his name. James didn't say that they tremble when uh, you call on the name of Jesus. All they have to do is just know there is one God and his name is Jesus. And just the knowledge of the one true most high God is enough for demons to begin trembling just at the thought of who God is. I don't think the church really understands the authority and the power that we have in the spirit realm. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's time for the church to take its rightful place as victorious children of God who are not afraid of this world, who are not afraid of the onslaught of the enemy, who are not afraid of the attacks and the snares and the fiery darts of Satan himself. Because hell trembles at the thought of God. Hell trembles at the knowledge of who God is. Calvary scares hell to death. 
If you want to talk about scary stories for hell, and I believe there are particular instances and particular situations that scare hell to death. You see, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of this world. And there are places you can go there right now, even on a Sunday morning. You can find places where hell is very comfortable. They have authority there. They have strength there. They have impact there. But here at Apostolic Tabernacle, hell has no authority. Hell has no dominion. And there are certain environments where hell begins to be afraid. And I think that we should revel in the reality that we can cause the very gates of hell to tremble right now. I think if we understood the power of our praise, we would praise a whole lot more than we do. I think if we remembered that God inhabits the praises of his people, we would shout a whole lot more than we do. Some of you came in to church this morning and the devil's been on your back all week long and you've been mad at the devil all week long you ought to get even with the devil right now and just begin to praise God shake yourself loose and say devil I'm going to give you a headache today in the house of God you've been messing with my kids you've been messing with my grandkids but I take authority over you I'm going to give you a scary ghost story this morning hallelujah you see hell thought it had won when when they nailed Jesus to the tree hell thought it had gained a victory in reality God had orchestrated all of these and these events on purpose for his glory in fact God was using hell to do exactly what he intended to be done Jesus lived so that he could die and hell thought they were putting him in the grave forever but Jesus knew hell was just putting him there temporarily and so anytime we begin to preach about Calvary hell gets nervous anytime we begin to preach about the empty tomb it embarrasses the devil because he thought he'd won but devil I came to remind you that everything you did was for the glory of God because on the third day the stone was rolled away the earth began to tremble I know you thought you'd won when the dead came out of the tombs I know you thought you'd won when the veil was torn in the temple but it was all on purpose because Jesus stepped out with power and with authority hell doesn't like to remember Calvary because while Jesus was in the grave, the scripture tells us that he went down into hell and he confiscated the keys to the kingdom. He, he confiscated the keys to death, hell, and the grave. That means that hell has no authority in the midst of God's people. Death has no authority over you. Hell has no authority over you. The grave has no authority over you. Cancer has no authority over you. Depression has no authority over you. Addiction has no authority. Oh, somebody needs to preach with me this morning. It has no authority in your life because Jesus conquered it all. Jesus stepped down into the very dominion of Satan himself. And he came out victorious. 
This is the anthem of the church that Jesus rose again. Is anybody glad you know that Jesus stepped out of that grave? It scares hell. Hell doesn't like to remember it. That's why when churches begin to preach about Calvary and the blood of Jesus, hell doesn't like it. That's why preachers who are trending away from the things of God, backslidden carnal preachers will say things like, we're not going to preach about the blood anymore because the blood is scary to people and yet they'll go home and watch horror movies all night long but I came to tell somebody the blood of Jesus was shed for the redemption of your sins you need the blood applied to your life so you can be washed whiter than snow hell loves it when the church stops preaching about the blood but I came to remind somebody it's the blood that saved you it's the blood that redeemed you it's the blood that washes you whiter than snow. It's the blood. And it still works. Hey. Hell hates to be reminded of the blood. Hell hates to be reminded of this one particular ghost story on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost was poured out on 120 hungry souls and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Hell hates that story because the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that made Him look silly on the third day, filled that room and filled the hearts and minds and souls of every individual in that room and he hates for me to remind you in 2019 that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is dwelling inside of you the same spirit that gave hell a bad day can give hell a bad day right now somebody needs to remember that you are a spirit filled believer you have the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you and the church was birthed and hell doesn't like to be reminded that Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church oh I want to remind somebody one more time the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church I know it feels like hell is prevailing sometimes but hell cannot prevail when God's people gather together in faith there is something that begins to stir in the atmosphere and we have power over demons we have power over sickness we have power over every attack of the enemy and it's dwelling inside of us Jesus said in Mark 16 and 17 these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues if you have the Holy Ghost this morning evidenced by speaking in other tongues I wish you just wave your hand to the Lord and say thank you Jesus thank you Lord for your spirit The scripture says that at the name, everyone said the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven. That's the angels and things in earth. That's you and I and things under the earth. That's the demons and all of hell. Even devils are going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
I said, even hell is going to have to bow in that final hour. Right now, they're in rebellion. Right now, they hate God. Right now, they hate you. And right now, they would not bow. But there's coming a day when even the demons in hell that have tormented your family, they're going to have to get down on their knees and say, he is the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the one true living God. He is the great I am he is the first and the last he is the alpha and the omega he is the bright and morning star he is the lily of the valley yes if you believe it today why don't you go ahead and give God praise hey devil you're gonna bow Demon of fear, you're going to bow. Demon of lust, you're going to bow. Demon of complacency, you're going to bow. Demon of addiction, you're going to bow. Demon of lasciviousness, you're going to bow. Demon of addiction, you're going to bow. You're going to bow. You're going to bow. <laughs> hey, they hate it when we come to church because when they're listening in outside the door, they can't get in here. But when they're listening in, they're reminded that there's coming a day when they're going to be forced down on their knees. God is not going to give them an option. The Spirit's going to press them down. Devil, you go ahead and get ready for it because I'm going to be watching when you get down in the presence of Jesus. But I'm not waiting for that day, devil. I'm bowing right now because he is the great God. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. 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 When we speak the name of Jesus, God is glorified. The church is edified. The devil is horrified. Demons are traumatized. Hell is mortified. Families are fortified. And angels are mobilized. I think somebody ought to open up your mouth and shout the name of Jesus. And allow some things to break in the atmosphere. Jesus! There's a story of a demon-possessed man in the Gadarenes. The Bible says they crossed over and Jesus was with his disciples. And this demon-possessed man came running out of the tombs. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Why are you troubling us? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, please, this is interesting. Pay attention. I beg you, don't torment me. Don't torture me. And the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit, the abyss or the deep, the King James says. And I've wondered about this passage of scripture for a long time. First, it's interesting to me. Look at it for yourself. This is the only situation where Jesus commanded a demon to leave a man and the demon did not immediately leave. Look at it for yourself. The scripture says that Jesus had already commanded the demon to leave and he didn't do it. Instead, he responded to Jesus and he pled with him. Please don't send us into the bottomless pit. Don't send us back to hell. Let us let us go into the pigs instead. 
And so Jesus commanded him. He said, what's your name? And the demon responded and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. In other words, this was not just one demon. This was a legion of demons. And so Jesus said, okay, I'm going to allow you to go into the pigs. Now, you need to understand that everything about this situation was traumatic for Jewish people, especially the disciples who'd never really been in a situation like this. Number one, they were in Gentile territory. They were in an area where there were over about a thousand pigs, which pigs were ceremonially unclean to the Jewish people. Now, in America, we're just used to bacon and back fat and all that good stuff. And we don't think anything about it. But if you were a Jew, this would have been this would have been a very sensitive situation for you. Got a thousand pigs over here. You're in a Gentile area, which is already considered unclean. Then you have a naked man run up to you, which, by the way, some of you who don't think modesty matters. This was a huge deal for a man to come out naked in front of them. This was ceremonially unclean as well. And so everything about. About this situation is absolutely wicked and sinful to the disciples. Furthermore, this man was suicidal. He'd been cutting himself. He was foaming. He was acting crazy. He was shrieking. And now demons are speaking from him. And it was no coincidence that Jesus said, I'm going to let you go from uncleanness to something else that is ceremonially unclean. I'm going to let you go over to the pigs because demons, listen to me, will always look for an unclean clean environment to dwell in hello demons are always looking for a host that they can attach themselves to they're always looking for something living and we could talk a lot about that and and so the only thing close by was these pigs and so jesus allowed them to and of course the pigs went over the cliff and it startled everybody and you need to understand that when When the spiritual begins to take place and demons are being cast out, you better make sure that your temple is clean. You better make sure your temple is full of a Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because if you're not full of the Holy Spirit, when unholy spirits start looking for a place to dwell and you're close by in the vicinity, you just might find yourself like the pigs. And so you've got to be careful. And so they they jumped over into this and Jesus looks at this man and he said, I'm going to allow this to happen. And he and of course, the man was made whole. But what I want you to notice is that the demons recognized that this was The son of God. They recognized that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And they do not know, even to this very moment, demons do not know the day or the hour of their judgment. They didn't know. They didn't have New Testament scripture to look at. They didn't have the book of Revelation. They can study that just like we do now. But especially at that time, they had no idea. They just knew God manifests in the flesh is here. And we know that judgment is coming, but we don't know when it's coming. Jesus, is this our moment of judgment? Are you going to send us to the bottomless pit right now? Or can we keep on going on out here in this world? Hell doesn't know what's coming. But I want to remind hell that I don't know the day or the hour either. But I know your 
time is coming, devil. I know judgment's coming. Go ahead and get ready. You can play with pigs if you want to. Go ahead and get it all out while you can. Because there's coming a day when every knee's going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Ha ha. I'm going to go ahead and read this just for just for the devil right now. Revelations 20 and 10 and the devil that deceived them. This is prophecy. This hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen just as sure as I'm standing here. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever devil you've tormented my family for a long time devil you've tormented the saints of this church for a long time but I want to remind you that you have a day of reckoning coming the church is here to remind you today that you're not always going to be able to play games with God's people God is going to bind you God is going to cast you God is going to seal it off just like you thought the tomb was sealed just like you thought Jesus was sealed God is going to seal hell off to you stories that scare demons I hesitate to tell personal stories but I, I, I was reminded last night in prayer Many years ago, I wound up with uh, what they were calling it H1N1. And it was that virus that was going around and it was getting a hold of people. And they really didn't have uh, a vaccine for it. And they didn't have medications that, were, that really could handle it. And so they just did the best they could for you. And, and a lot of people died from it. And that was bad enough. But on top of the H1N1... I wound up with devil pneumonia at the same time. And I'd been in the middle of a long revival in South Carolina, and I'd really been preaching hard. Listen, y'all think I preach hard now. When I was an evangelist, I screamed from the minute I got the mic, I mean all the way to the end of altar call. I don't know how I did it. I wouldn't be able to do it today. But I was preaching hard, and I was preaching sometimes three times on Sunday. And we were it was one of those revivals where, you know, it was... Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three times on Sunday. And uh, we'd been doing that for weeks. And I was staying in this drafty trailer. And uh, it was really getting cold. It was wintertime. And uh, I remember Brother Nathan was, was with me. He'd come down and, and uh, he'd been in the revival service. And uh, we were in the trailer after service. And I got the fever got so bad that I started shaking so uncontrollably that I literally could not get control of my body. I, I just literally, my, my mouth, you know, we talk about your teeth chattering, and uh, most of the time we, we just kind of are exaggerating. But I literally, my teeth were chattering. I thought my teeth were going to break. I was shaking so hard. And I just barely was able to get back to where my parents were living at the time and, and got back to their house and, and uh, got... Got in bed for a few days and just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, and I remember in that time my fever would come and I didn't have health insurance. And so I was being stubborn. Pastor kept saying, you need to go to the doctor and trust God. And, and I was saying, I don't have any money for that. And so uh, I was just getting worse and worse and I was praying. And I remember one night in particular, I was, I was alone in a dark room in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that. 
And, uh, and I say this very carefully. I don't know that people often encounter the devil himself. You know, the devil is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at the same time. You understand that, right? So if the devil is personally messing with someone in China, he can't be messing with you at the same time. He has to use, you know, little imp demons to handle things like that. So, of course, he can, he can direct things, but he can't personally be dealing with everyone at the same time. So not everyone has come into direct contact with Satan himself and and, uh, and, of course, there's different levels of demons, just like there are different levels of angels. And some are stronger than others. We saw that just in this scripture where the legion, uh, they didn't even come out immediately when Jesus told them to. There's different levels of strength. And, uh, and so there was this particular night, and I really was in a place of despair and depression. Ever been in a place of absolute despair where you literally just feel like there's no hope at all? And it was the middle of the night, and I'd been praying for a while, and I felt a, a, a heaviness come into the room. And the heaviness was in the form of a darkness, a dark shadow, and it began to speak to me. And at first, I, I didn't even realize what was happening. I just thought I was talking to myself, and then I realized there's this presence in the room. And it said things to me like, you're going to die here, and you're never going to see the revival that God's promised you. You're going to die here. No one's ever going to be touched by the ministry. You're going to die here and the gospel is going to die. And, and uh, the, the kingdom of God is going to die. Just saying things that I never would have even listened to under normal circumstances. But I was so sick and in so much pain. You have to be careful because pain will cause you to believe lies that you would not believe when you're strong. Pain will cause you to doubt things that you would not doubt when you're in your right mind and when you have full health. And so I'm wrestling with these things and I'm even saying things to God like maybe it's just my time to go and maybe I'm ready to go. and Maybe it'd be better if I went. And, and, uh, and the Lord began to deal with me in this moment of heaviness and depression. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you are dealing with Satan himself right now. This is Satan himself. The only time in my life I've ever felt like I came into contact with Satan himself. And you have to know there's things I'm leaving out, bizarre things that happen that I, I'm not going to share with you today. Instances that literally I, it's hard for me to go back and believe that it really happened, but I know that it did. And, and the, the Holy Ghost was dealing with me and saying, you need to begin to call on the name of Jesus. And, and, uh, and so I would open up my mouth. And I would try to just whisper, Jesus. And nothing would come out of my mouth. And, uh, and so I'd press a little harder. And the Holy Ghost would say, you need to speak the name of Jesus. And so I would I'd do everything I could. And I'd try to. And of course, my lungs were, both lungs were full. Later on, they found out that, I mean, I was packed with liquid in my lung. Just breathing was hard. Every breath, Brother Lucas, just felt like searing pain, just stabbing through my body. And so just to even try to whisper was just agonizing pain. And the Holy Ghost kept saying, you need to go ahead and press through the pain, press through your unbelief, press through your doubt, and call on the name of Jesus. And I laid there in that bed, and I go... Mm. 
and I'd press and nothing would come out of my mouth and the oppression would keep weighing down on me and all of the sudden I got so desperate that I rolled out of the bed and fell onto the floor and when my back hit the floor suddenly just Jesus slipped out and all of a sudden a light flashed through the room and the darkness was gone and I felt the peace of the Holy Ghost a peace that passes understanding I want to tell some scary Holy Ghost stories this morning I want to make some demons tremble this morning he might knock you down for a season but Jesus is bigger than your pain he's bigger than your circumstance He's bigger than your bad report. He's bigger than the darkness. He's bigger than the temptation. Musicians are coming. I'm almost done. The scripture says in Romans 16, 20, that the God of peace will soon bruise. Now the King James says bruise. If you look at that word, and I talked to pastor about it this morning, it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I think that some of us need to remind the devil where he belongs this morning. He belongs under our feet. Now, Paul was writing to the Romans. He was writing to the Gentile church, and he was giving an analogy here. Every, every Gentile would have understood what Paul was referring to when he talks about crushing under your feet. This was the same mindset that, and, and, and bringing back the thought of the Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers were instructed to march and stomp as they marched. And so they were told, you're going to pick your feet up and you're going to put them down as hard as you can. And they had spikes on the bottom of their feet. The Roman soldiers would drive nails through their shoes. And they said, it doesn't matter if if someone falls in your way, you just keep marching. Don't ever let anything stop you. If someone falls, you just stomp on them. Just stomp on them. Just stomp on them and keep going. And, and if you're in battle and the enemy's falling all around you, just we want you to just stomp over your enemy. Crush them under your feet. This is what Paul was talking about. You're going to crush your enemy. And Paul was letting them know, right now you're suffering some things. Right now you're going through some affliction. But you need to be reminded where the devil belongs. He belongs under your feet. Go all the way back to the garden in the book of Genesis and claim that promise where God is going to crush the head of the serpent and I believe that somebody has been wrestling with things today there are things that have been attacking you things that have been dragging you down and it's caused you to stumble and sometimes you fall back and sometimes you're tripping but what you need to do is pick up your feet and stomp on the devil and stomp until you get over stomp until you get to the other side I'm going to press on I'm gonna press on I'm gonna walk in the spirit and not in the flesh hey yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy and when you keep on stomping all of a sudden you're gonna be dancing and when you keep on walking all of a sudden you're gonna be dancing stomping 
It's been a while since some of you have put the devil under your feet. It's been a while since some of you have danced on the grave of your enemy. Somebody ought to step into this altar and claim your dominion and claim authority. Bring your trouble, bring your pain, bring your disappointment and bring it and say, devil, I'm not having a pity party today. I'm putting you under my feet. Bring your prayer request and say, Lord, I give it to you and I'm putting the devil under my feet. Come lifting up the name of Jesus and putting hell underneath your feet. Bring it, bring it, bring it. He is defeated. The devil is defeated. He is defeated. The devil is defeated. He is defeated. The devil.